I'm going to be reading from 1 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. Good evening. Um, so verse 18 like, seems pretty straightforward. Then verse 19 comes up and we get Christ proclaiming stuff to evil spirits. And then in verse 20, Noah shows up. Uh, verse 21, we've got baptism. And in verse 21, uh, verse 22, angels appear. I mean, like, what on earth is going on? Um, we're going to leave Bibles open for this because we're, we're going to be flying through 1 Peter 3 together. Because like, it seems to me like a big art attack. Um, any art attack fans out there? No, I used to love it. It's in my childhood. Um, the, the guy, Neil Buchanan, he would end the show, right, by piecing together the most random and weird objects you could find. Like, like he'd get a garden fork, um, a little uh, gnome, and some soil, and he'd piece them together, and you'd be like, what on earth are you doing? And then, right, at the end, they'd zoom out, and he'd stand there like this, and you'd see exactly what he's doing, and you'd go, whoa, that is awesome. Uh, and like, my hope is, as we look at 1 Peter 3 uh, tonight, we'll stand back at the end and go, whoa, this is awesome. So, so let's pray, and then we'll dive on in there. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray for your, your strength, your help to understand it, and will you go away uh, built up and strengthened in our faith, loving Christ, your son, more. Amen. And so Peter, remember he's writing to, to Christians who are scattered throughout, um, throughout the world. And, and as he's writing, these Christians, some of them are, are suffering. They're being persecuted for being Christians. And so Peter turns to Jesus to encourage them. Um, as a staff, we uh, go on an away day every single year. And this year, we went to Oxford. Yeah. Oxford, right? Uh, and, and we did, we, we did um, a, a walk in the footsteps of Phil Moon tour of Oxford. We, we walked where Phil Moon, the great man, had walked. We saw what Phil Moon had seen, and we even punted where Phil Moon had punted. Um, it was great. It was better than it sounds. Uh, and, and right, um, like, like, like these walk in the footsteps tours are all over the place. You can do a tour in Germany, a musical tour in Germany, or a Jane Austen tour, a Bath, if you want. That, that's open to you. But, 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 but Peter, he gives us the ultimate walk in the footsteps tour. He goes through Jesus' journey for us. Uh, and look where Jesus' journey begins in verse 18. Have a little look with me. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body. 
So on earth, Christ's journey begins with suffering. We know this. He suffered. He was mocked. He was beaten. Jesus, his journey starts in suffering. And Peter just told us that Jesus is the righteous one, which means perfect. Like no wickedness, no sin. So like Peter goes to show us that Christ, the perfect one, he suffers. After telling his readers in verse 17 to expect suffering for living a Christian good life, Peter turns to the ultimate example of someone who lived the perfect life and yet suffered. Jesus' journey starts with suffering. So for those of you who may be at work or at school are suffering for being a Christian, like facing little snide comments, little jokes, or even further forms of abuse, Peter's trying to tell us that you're not alone. Christ has suffered with you. And Jesus' journey starts with suffering, but not just suffering. Verse 18, he was put to death in the body. See, Jesus' journey, it starts with suffering and death on a cross. Jesus, the perfect one, was brutally murdered and died a horrible, lonely, excruciating, painful death on a cross. His journey starts with suffering and death. But then something happens in verse, 20, in verse 18 still. It says, he was made alive in the spirit. Uh, uh, Peter's talking about Jesus' resurrection. He says, Jesus comes back to life. Like, he doesn't stay dead. Dead, death has no hold over this guy, Jesus. He comes back to life and is made alive in the spirit. It basically means he gets a new spiritual body. Like, like a body that can't be tainted with death. A body that can't be touched with suffering or pain. He comes back to life. And we love it. Because Christians, we celebrate Easter because Jesus came back to life. Because he lives right now. He's alive. So he goes from suffering and death back to life. And it doesn't end there. Have a look at verse 22. Look where he ends up. He has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels and authorities in submission to him. Like Christ's journey through suffering and death ends up in heaven at God's right hand. And clever people, they call this Christ's glorification. Jesus in glory. With a brand new body. Like, like his journey is an upward curve through suffering and death straight to glory. Awesome. I want to come down from here because I feel too high up. Um, and this journey, his journey from, from suffering and death to glory, well, it means two massive things for us that Peter wants us to get. See, number one, it means the triumph over all evil. Triumph over all evil. And this is where we go to verse 19, which is one of the most disputed verses in the New Testament. And here's how I think it plays out. Have a look at verse 19 with me. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago. So Christ, through his journey, uh, through suffering and death to glory, he goes to these spirits. Uh, these spirits are, are, are real are angels, spirits, are demons who have turned their back on the living God. As 2 Peter 2 verse 4 says, um, angels who have sinned. 
and these angels who have rebelled against the Lord God Almighty, they are imprisoned, awaiting final judgment. And so Jesus' journey through suffering and death to glory, well, it's kind of like a trumpet sound, like a shout to these spirits saying, I have won! A mighty roar saying, I am victorious. Uh, And this is a a shout of total victory and triumph achieved through suffering and death. Um, C.S. Lewis, he he wrote The Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe. Awesome book. And and, and there's there's a lion, as you can see on the screen. And this lion's called Aslan. And Aslan, he represents Jesus in C.S. Lewis's book. And uh, this Aslan figure, Jesus figure, he, he suffers too. And this Aslan, this lion, he also dies. He is brutally and horribly murdered by a wicked white witch. And then after that, the witch and her evil forces go and have a massive battle against the forces of good. And these forces of good are being oppressed and losing. But then like, like Jesus, this Aslan guy comes back to life. And here's what C.S. Lewis says happens next. It's beautiful. He says, with a roar that shook all Narnia from the western lamppost to the shores of the eastern sea, the great beast flung himself upon the white witch. And Peter's tired army cheered. And the newcomers roared and the enemy squealed and gibbered. And that's what Peter's saying. Like Christ coming back uh, through, through death and suffering to glory is like a mighty roar. A shout of triumph over all evil. Saying, look, evil, uh, sin, death is defeated. And Jesus' journey through, through, through death and, and suffering means triumph over all evil. Have a look at verse 22. To, to real, Peter nails it, nails it home in verse 22. He says, Jesus has gone into heaven as at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. So these angels, these powers, these evil forces, they are bowing, trembling before the mighty lion like terrified woodland creatures. How awesome is that? And, and, and that is great news for us. Like, isn't that great news? Especially in, in a world where it seems like evil out there is so far out of control. Like evil out there that, that, that we can't seem to, to get a handle on. Like it seems to run riot. And, and Peter's saying, though evil stuff may happen to us, though we, we suffer, may suffer persecution, they, though we may suffer this evil uh, against us, it will tremble before Jesus. <laughs> and despite things looking to the contrary, evil will not win. And like, it's not just evil out there. It's evil in here too. It's sin. And for, for some of us, there may be evil inside us that we can't seem to get our handle on, that we can't seem to control. Uh, for me, it's lust and the battle against internet porn. Like, like, and, and it's a battle that some days I, I'm losing. And it's a battle that some days I win. But here in 1 Peter 3 verse 19, it's a beautiful reminder that it is a war that Christ has won. 
So, so, so if there is evil within you that you're battling against, whether it is a lust like me, or, or whether it's gambling, whether it's pride, whether it's anger, whatever it is, Peter is telling us, like, let that triumph of Jesus in the future give you victory in the here and now. He says, if you're tired and weary, like Peter's army in the line of which in the wardrobe, if you're tired and weary from the evil outside or the evil within you battling away, he says, keep fighting, keep going. Because victory is assured. Victory is coming. Jesus' journey through, through suffering and death to glory means triumph over all evil. And secondly, it means salvation for all who believe. Have a look at verse 18 again. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Jesus' journey through suffering and death to glory means we can be with God. We can be friends with God. Because his journey, right, is our journey. Where he goes, we go. Where he ends up, we end up. It's a bit like this. It's a bit like um, the Eurostar. Like Jesus is that, that, that mighty silver bullet of a train, and we're sitting there in the train. See, where it goes, we go. When it stops, we stop. When it goes down into the depths, 115 meters below sea level, we go down into the depths, 115 meters below sea level. And when the Eurostar rises up into a land of hope and glory, when you come from the French side, um, we rise up into a land of hope and glory. Because Jesus' journey is our journey. And so he suffered and he died. We're going to suffer. And we're going to die. But just as Jesus was brought up uh, to new life with a brand new body uh, and to, to be seated with God in heaven, so too we will come back to life with a brand new body to be seated with God in heaven. Because his journey is our journey. And so... If you are going through some intense suffering right now or testing, trialing times, if life is hard, have hope. Have hope because where he is, you will be. And where he is, there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no death, there is no evil because he has conquered it all. And you'll be there too. Um, Tim Keller, he said that human beings are hope-shaped creatures. The way we live now is completely controlled by what we believe about the future. So in the here and now, keep your eyes on that future. Even though we may suffer in this world, even though we may die, we are guaranteed a brand new life with God in heaven. Because his journey is our journey. And that, that means we can have confidence to face the future, whatever it brings. Um, anyone been to Alton Towers before? Show of hands. Oh, a few. Nice. Awesome. Um, I, I, I went there. The first time I went there, there's a ride there called Oblivion. Right? And I stood there in front of this ride. Now, this ride has a near uh, vertical 87 degree drop down 180 feet um, at 68 miles an hour. I, I looked at that thing and I was like, no way. Like, I'm not going near that thing. And so I stood on the sidelines and watched 
as my brother got on the queue, he got on the ride, went up, hung over the edge, and went down into oblivion. And then I watched as he came out triumphant. And I was like, he's done it. I can do it now. I can go through oblivion because he's done that first. Same with Christ. He's gone there first. He's gone through death, through oblivion, and so we can too. So Jesus' journey through suffering and death to glory means salvation for believers. And that's where baptism comes into play in verse 21. Have a little look there. Uh, This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, it's not baptism that saves us, even though Peter says it. What he's saying is is Jesus' journey. His death and resurrection that saves us. And baptism is beautiful. It points us to Jesus' journey. And it's a picture of what Christ has done. And it's a picture of, of, of what every believer has gone through and what every believer will go through. And so we're going to watch a baptism now. Be excited. We're going to watch Samuel Sarjadine being baptized uh, just over a year ago. So let's go. So I'm going to Pause it there, pause it there, pause it there. Lovely. Now, we're going to hold Sam under that water. (laughs) Sorry, Nigel. Sorry, Gillian. We're we're, going to hold him there. And under that water, well, Sam can't breathe. Under that water, Sam's dead. And see, that's what baptism, when you go under the water, is about. It shows, yes, that you've died to your old way of life, but it also shows that you will one day die. It shows death. But then, right, watch what happens next. We un- unpause it and we'll see what happens next. Great, cheeky sound. Um, beautiful, thanks, Eddie. So, so, so you see what happens there? Like, like Sam comes back with a splash. Like he comes back and it's a picture that, that, that Sam has, has, been, has been born into a brand new life as a Christian. A life filled with the Holy Spirit. But also... It's a picture that Sam will one day come back to life. And you see on the video, he came back uh, far cleaner than I've ever seen him in before in my life. And that's a picture that we will one day come back to be with God in heaven forever. Perfect. And clean. As Peter says, with a clear conscience towards God. And like, that's why I absolutely love baptisms when people are dumped, dunked under that water. It's a beautiful picture of what Jesus has gone through for us. So if you haven't been baptized, right, uh, it's a little plug for baptism, um, do get baptized. Get, if you believe in Jesus, get baptized. It's a great picture of what Christ has done for, uh, done for us. So do it. So Jesus' journey um, through, through, through suffering and death to glory, well, number one, it means uh, triumph over all evil. Number two, salvation for all believers. And this is where Noah turns up in verse 20. Because baptism, it's a reminder that God saves through judgment. And Noah, his story is a reminder that God saves through judgment. Because um, Genesis 6 verse 5, um, the Bible says this. 
the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the human heart was only evil all the time. In Noah's time, there's evil people thinking evil things, doing evil things, wickedness, twisting God's good commands, sin. And what? There's nothing under the sun, is there? Because 2018, uh, there's evil people thinking evil things, doing evil things, twisting God's good commands as sin. Uh, and it's not just out there. Sin's in here too. I've already told you some of my wickedness inside me. Um, but, but if you look at yourselves, you realize that uh, I'm an evil person, thinking evil things, doing evil things, twisting God's good commands as sin inside me. And so we can learn from Noah's time. And let's have a look at verse 20. God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. So like, history will repeat itself. In those days, um, God was patient with the wickedness of humanity. Well, right now he's being patient with our wickedness, isn't he? But, but, but God brought a, a, a global flood that wiped out the wickedness and sin in those days. Uh, and it, he will come again to judge the wickedness and sin in our day. Which is scary. But, but just as God um, um, saved a few people in a wooden ark in Noah's day, um, from the waves of wrath and the, and the winds of judgment, so too God will save anyone who trusts in him in a different kind of ark. In Jesus. See, Jesus is our ark, just as, as, as the wooden um, boat was the only refuge for Noah and his family for, for, from the storm of judgment upon sin. So too, the wooden cross of Christ is the only place of refuge uh, from the coming storm of judgment against sin and wickedness. Like, just like the ark took the full force of, of, of that storm and the waves, so too Christ on the wooden cross took the full force of God's judgment upon sin. 1 Peter 3 verse 18 tells us again, um, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was the one who took our punishment. He was the one who suffered as a wicked person so that we wouldn't have to. He was the righteous one who suffered for the unrighteous many so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could be brought to God. He is the only safe place from the coming judgment. Um, Augustine, uh, a legend from the past, he said this. He said, what's more incredible, that man should live forever or that God should ever die? I love that quote because both are mind-blowing. That we get to live forever and that God himself died for us. Whoa, that is awesome. Jesus is the only safe place from that coming judgment. So uh, uh, where will you be? Where will you be? Because his journey is triumph over all evil and salvation for believers. And this means two, uh, three things for us. We, we, we respond with faith, hope, and love. With faith. So, as I said, if the only place of refuge from the coming storm of judgment against sin and wickedness is trusting in Jesus, then... 
If you don't trust in him, please, please do whatever you can to find out about Jesus. Do whatever you can uh, to, to find out about how awesome this guy is and put your faith in him because it's scary away from him. Uh, and we're running alpha courses here at BH, which are four-week courses, four-week courses looking at, at who Jesus is. So get on one of those. Have faith. Uh, and hope, too. Um, hope. Because uh, for Peter's readers, this would be a message of hope. Uh, a message of hope in the midst of their suffering. Uh, and so whether you're suffering from that evil within you or that evil from outside you, have hope that evil will be wiped out once and for all. Have hope that that you will be where Jesus is in glory. So in the midst of these hard times, remember your destination. Remember Christ's journey for you. And have hope. Hope and love too. Um, Number one, we love God. Like this is amazing news that he would rescue us. Incredible stuff. Um, we should be praising and thanking God, loving him for what he's done for us. Um, as Matt Jones, our music minister, says, he says, sing like you're saved. Like, like, we should rejoice because we've been saved. I love God. So sing like you're saved. Um, uh, but it's also a love for other people too. Uh, because... If what I've said is true, if what God says is true in his word, that judgment is coming, then it is terrifying being outside in that storm of judgment. So love others too. Love them enough to tell them about Jesus. Love them enough so that fear or awkwardness will not stop you telling them about Jesus. Love them enough to tell them about the only safe place in the coming storm of judgment. Like, we know where the safe place is. Don't keep it to ourselves. Faith, hope, and love. Jesus' journey means triumph over all believers and salvation, or triumph over all evil, and salvation for all who believe. And we respond with faith, with hope, and with love. Let's pray. Father, thank you that Jesus, the righteous one, died for the unrighteous many to bring us to God. Would you respond in faith? Would you respond with hope? And would you respond with love? Amen.